Welcome to Chowder and Grits, the podcast for Virginia Tech and ACC Sports. I'm Justin Cochiola alongside Tim Hurth. It is Thursday, September 29th. We're recapping the West Virginia-Virginia Tech matchup. Unfortunately, a loss for the Hokies, 33-10 defeat in Blacksburg Thursday night. Uh, we're also going to uh, preview the upcoming game against North Carolina. You remember back in 2016, I believe it was Hurricane Matthew uh, rained a rainstorm of storms down on uh, Chapel Hill and Virginia Tech left victorious 35-3. Will that happen again? I don't know. We'll see. We're going to talk about it. But before all that, Tim, what's going on? Just uh, waiting for Aaron Judge to hit that historic home run so we can stop having him cut in on college football games. So anytime, Aaron, that you're ready, uh, feel free to knock one out. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, I've been watching way too many Yankees games, um, waiting for it because I want to see it with my eyes. I was lucky enough to flip on Apple TV, catch Pujols at 700 the other night, um, which I I do love me some Albert Pujols, so I was happy to see that. I uh, was able to catch that. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's not like Aaron's having bad at bats. Like he got walked four times last night. He had plenty of opportunity. He just had good at bats, good solid mm-hmm. at bats, and got on base. So, yeah, I mean, what's going to happen, Tim? Is uh, you know, of course, it's just going to be another you know monumental occasion that the Yankees have against the Orioles this weekend, to where Aaron Judge gets 61 and 62 and sets the AL record. For home runs in a single season so i mean right. we knew it was going to happen i don't even know why we bothered why am i even watching right now it doesn't matter he's going to do it against the orioles yep no it's, it's written in the stars for sure 110 percent. it is Derek jeter's last game walk-off hit against the orioles i mean last home game that is it's just you know you know it's just what you expect as an orioles fan but what can you do <laughs> nothing Nothing, just kind of uh, get ready for the youth movement and, you know, be thankful that this year wasn't uh, all that bad. It, it, you know, you guys have been in it until the very end. So, yeah, uh, for the we're Orioles, that's that's still hell until, a lot of progress until they tell us we're not. So, true. Um, yeah. So let's jump into it, Tim. Let's talk West Virginia. Um, instant reaction now that it's been a few days. I, I mean, I ask you that because. I've seen a lot of uh, I don't I don't know like animosity and like film analysis from people that probably shouldn't be giving film analysis. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of like, you know, Tyler Bowen takes and I mean personally for me, I I mean I was upset as the game was unfolding as any Hokies fan would be. The next day I barely thought about it. And I had a seven-hour drive home. And I think the reason is it's like this is not going to be a fun season as far as like winning football games. It, it was not a team that was supposed to go in and dominate this game. It's not a team that's supposed to have a great season. Anybody who had expectations of Virginia Tech under a new coaching staff with limited talent offensively, a new offensive system, only four returning starters from last year, a new quarterback from a max school or whatever Marshall's in now, Conference USA, or what are they, Sunbelt? I don't know. Yeah, Sunbelt. You know, it's 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 about kind of as you would have suspected they drew it up. Now, were there things that you can be frustrated about? Yeah. Am I going to lose sleep over anything with this Virginia Tech football team? I, I just can't. I just can't because – this is a rebuild, in case you forgot. And it's yeah. going to take time. 
Tyler Bowen is 32 years old. This is his first year as like the guy calling plays. I mean, Brent Pry doesn't even let Chris Marv near the playbook. And he's maybe a year older. Yeah. Brent Pry's calling the defense. And we're seeing like what's happening on the defensive side of the ball, although there's a lot more talent returning there. But offensively, it's it's just a bunch of raw experience from a player standpoint, rawness from a, a coaching staff standpoint, and it's gonna take time. Right. It's gonna take time. The team has to play better. The team has to figure out how to score points. They're gonna have any chance of winning any other game on their schedule. But I moved on pretty quickly from this one. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of the same way. I think a lot of it psychologically for me going into the season was I was going to have fun regardless of the results this year because Britt Pry was, you know, setting a new tone, building a new culture. And I knew that was going to come with a lot of growing pains. Um, That game was tough to sit through, obviously. I mean, you know, we were seated next to West Virginia fans and uh, it certainly wasn't a pleasant result, but at the end of the day, I can only be so upset given all the circumstances that surround the program. I know our offensive line coach is elite, yet our offensive line is playing right now 63rd out of 65 teams, uh, power five teams. So that's bottom of the barrel. Um, I think that's a statement to, you know, we got new schemes. We've got some talent deficits. We knew that coming in just based off the way Fuente recruited. Um, we've got a new head coach who's learning on the job as any new head coach would. We've got a new offensive coordinator learning on the job quite clearly. I think I've been most disappointed with Bowen more than anybody else on that team or anyone else associated with that program. But even I can't be too upset at at Bowen on, you know, I mean, Grant, Grant Wells missed some throws. Um, there were some poor play calls. Uh, specifically in short yarded situations again we've beaten that drum to death uh but at some point you got to take this year for what it is and and find some way to enjoy it and obviously no one's going to enjoy a loss like this but you got to flush it and move on to the next one yeah and i mean i think um i think part of it too is it's easy to sit back and say you know play call here play call there miss throw down the field like i watched some of wells throws down the field I mean, yeah, he missed a couple, but he also couldn't step up in the pocket. He had somebody about to, you know, absolutely annihilate him. Yeah. I think he got called on a personal – there was a personal foul roughing the passer on one of the penalties. Like, if you can't step up into the pocket and make a throw, it's going to be really hard to throw the ball downfield. And I think with the lack of offensive line uh, – I, I don't know if I'll say progress or not that we've seen this year – it's hard to call an offense consistently, especially when you can't run the football. Yeah, well, especially, especially the kind of offense that they clearly want to run. Hmm. Um, exactly. They, they want Which is to running push, push the line of scrimmage in short yarded situations. They want to get the fourth and one, third and one, third and two, fourth and two with the back. Um, but we're kind of hamstrung here, not only in the running game. Clearly, we want to be a balanced team, but we want to be a hard-nosed team that gets those short yardages in the run game. But like you said, in the past game, that's going to that's going to be extremely detrimental, obviously. So it's yeah, hard I mean, for me to cast aspersions on Bowen. Have I had instances of frustration with play calling? One hundred percent. Yes. But we also don't know how much of his play calling is being dictated by the skills and the talent on the offensive side of the football. We don't know. Well, I mean, like you said, he looked at the offensive line. 
It's one of the worst units in the country. Right. From a rushing perspective, they're only averaging 1.5 yards before contact this season. That's 100th best in the nation. Yes, terrible. Last year, they averaged 2.8 yards per contact, which was fourth best in the country. And then on top of it, after contact, the running backs are only averaging 2.3 yards per carry, which is 122nd in the country. Yeah. So not only is the offensive line not getting any kind of push whatsoever, able to open up any lanes from a rushing perspective, the running backs also aren't doing much with the football when they do get past that line of scrimmage. Right. And, you know, I think if you look at like Kishon King, the guy's got 29 carries this year. He's had 10 in the last three games, one of which he didn't play in. And I mean, he had six carries for four yards against West Virginia. Against Boston College, he had four carries for 64 yards, and one of them was a 65-yard touchdown. So he's literally got nine carries for, uh, what, what did I just, three yards? Yeah. And then one 65-yard touchdown run? In the last three games combined, taking out the Old Dominion game. And he's your team's leading rusher right now. Jalen Holston leads the team in rushing. He's got 45 carries. He's only averaging 3.2 yards per carry. Mm. Like he, he gets it. He goes down. The reason he's in the game is for pass blocking. He's like an additional offensive lineman. And that's why he's playing so much. Because he essentially has to. Right. And that's just where this offense is right now. It's easy to sit back and look at Grant Wells and say, like, man, this kid's playing like shit because it does look that way. Mm-hmm. But when you have a team that can't run the football, when you have an offensive line that's getting no push, it's been suspect in, in passing situations. You occasionally, whether or not that's a clear throw or, you know, he's got some kind of clean pocket or whatever it is, you know, he's literally got to hit that play. Because there are no other opportunities coming up. And then if you just look at the offense as a whole, they can't run the football at all. So what does that mean? There's going to be less guys in the box and more guys in the secondary. And that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing against Virginia Tech. They're daring them to throw the football, and they can't. They can't do it. They cannot do anything, literally nothing right now on offense. And, I mean, the best throw we had of the night – was down the field, 28-yard touchdown pass to Caleb Smith in the corner of the end zone. It was a great catch. It was a great throw. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, there was a there was a deep ball earlier in that drive that he missed to Dwayne Lofton. He was under attack. And then there was another play earlier in the game, or maybe it was after that play, down to Christian Moss. And that's the play where he tried to step up into the pocket and couldn't, got hit, you know, got a roughing the passer penalty, and they moved 15 yards up the field. But it's hard to get this offense in a rhythm when nothing is going right for it. Right. And I, you're you're as good as your last play. You're as good as you are as a unit. And there's only two guys that return from a starting standpoint on that offensive line. And I guess you could look at it and say, like, Silas Zanzi and Johnny Jordan have regressed. But if the guy next to you is playing really poorly, that's going to affect your play. Yeah. You're going to have to start doing more. You're going to start missing blocks. You're you're going to start having to overcorrect or whatever it is. They're just not playing well together right now. Sure. And until that happens, until they can finally start to put something together, it's it's just going to be more of the same offensively. Agreed. Agreed. 
Um, I mean, we saw multiple times where West Virginia was rushing three and dropping eight. Um, we saw that multiple occasions, and they are literally daring Virginia Tech to run, and we can't do it right now. We absolutely cannot run, whether it be scheme-related, talent-related, uh, you know, whether that be in the running back group, the offensive line group. I honestly, Justin, I think it's a perfect storm of a little bit of everything right now. Um, when it comes to what is wrong with Virginia Tech's run game and what's wrong with Virginia Tech's offense. I think it's D, all the above. And that's why I kind of get frustrated with Twitter after football games because it seems like everybody wants to pin the successes or failures on the shoulders of one thing. Nuance goes completely out of the window, you know, and that's been one of my frustrations in social media for a long time. In this case, you need to look at it with some nuance because I think there are multiple uh, variables here at play which are leading to what we're seeing as one of the worst running attacks in, in Virginia Tech football history. <clears throat> Backed up by really poor offensive line play. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. If that offensive line starts to play better, what happens? I mean, maybe maybe it's a personnel situation. We haven't seen Malachi Thomas this year. Maybe he comes in and adds a smart, or spark, but who knows? You know, if the offensive line can't block, it doesn't matter who you have back there. It's just not going to not no, gonna go. And I think what's telling, too, I love that stat about depth of first contact that you mentioned. Um, that is a tailor-made – because people say it's it's hard sometimes to look at the metrics of offensive linemen. You just got to watch the tape. Well, no, that one's pretty good. Um, that basically tells you what kind of push you're getting as an offensive line. And right now, you, you know, your eye tells you you're not getting any, and the stats back that up. You know, defensively, I thought it was a step back for the Hokies. I mean, I'm not surprised it was their worst defensive performance of the year, considering this was by far the best offense they had faced. Yep. And, I mean, honestly, like, <clears throat> I thought they played pretty well for most of the game. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you look at it, going into the fourth quarter, the score was 16-10. to 10. You know, I, I, I thought the drive, like, before uh, halftime was a little just, I'm not sure what that was, but yeah, yeah. Um, that just kind of came out of nowhere from a defense that had played pretty well in that first half. Right. Um, West Virginia just kind of drove up the field and took the lead, went up 16-10 on them. Um, but after that, I mean, what killed them in the fourth quarter was, one, the offense couldn't get off the field, or couldn't stay on the field, I should yeah. say. Virginia Tech's defense was on the field for almost 40 minutes. There's 60 minutes in a football game. Mm. Okay? I think West Virginia ran like, 76 plays i think virginia tech's offense ran 51 like that's just not gonna get it done no okay so your defense got tired your defense made 15 penalties or the team had 15 penalties i don't think they were all defensively but the majority were and at that point in the fourth quarter those penalties just kept extending drive after drive after drive and west virginia finally started to score points and then yep. you add an interception return for a touchdown score ends 33 10 game's over so Without the penalties, could Virginia Tech have won? No, I think they were going to lose the game anyway. I mean, they can't score. The, no, the, they, they. I can answer that question. Yes, absolutely. They would have, we would have still lost. Yeah, um, I mean, they just cannot score points. No, I, we we can't. And until we figure out how to do that, we are not going to win many games. I think going into the season, in my 6-6 six and six prediction, I assumed that we would have a below average to average offense. And we have one of the worst offenses in school history. 
um, all things considered. And if I was looking at this offense, you're lucky to be a three win team come the end of the season. You just, you just are. Um, now, good news. A lot of this youth, right? Um, they improve on a week to week basis. The young coaches will continue to improve and maybe there's some semblance of a pulse by the end of the season, but it won't be overnight. And then when you talk about the defense, I, I can't take anything away from this game for the defense because they were on the field the entire game. We don't have the depth on defense to be able to play a game like that and not break down at the end, which is what you saw. For three quarters, that defense did damn good, better than anybody to this point in the season against West Virginia. But that mm-hmm. fourth quarter, you could see it. They had nothing left. Nothing. Yeah. And I mean, if, this... if you can't run, that's going to happen. Right. This team is going to have to go like Beamer Ball era on steroids in order to win a game. And that yes. means like punt return for a touchdown, defensive touchdown. I mean, under 10 points allowed. It's just not realistic. And mm-hmm. I mean, the ACC, you know, is, is crappy of a football conference that it is. And it, it's especially the Coastal Division. It is a bunch of doo-doo. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. It's the bad. Coastal the coastal this year is bad. Yeah. I mean, Pitt is far and away the best team in the coastal. Yes. And you look at it and you're like, well, they should be able to win these games, and they should on paper. But Virginia Tech hasn't scored more than 27 points this year. And that 27 came against Boston College, who has the worst offensive line in the Power Five. Yeah. Probably behind Virginia and then Virginia Tech. It's yeah, just it's bad. A, conference full of great offensive line play bad times over here and you know it's it's just not um it's not something to be positive about now lucky for the Hokies you know they're going into North Carolina who has one of the worst defenses in the country probably in the power five I I can't imagine there's a worse I don't know that for a fact but their defense is uh, absolutely atrocious but yeah what I would say about the Hokies going into this is you know you're heading into October Everyone just needs to chill out. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Like, take a step back and realize what this season is. Okay. Realize what next season is going to be. You think Mm -hmm. this season is bad? (laughs) Just wait till next season. Correct. Because you've got a bunch of upperclassmen and seniors playing on that defense. They're gone. Mm -hmm. You know, your best player offensively, Caleb Smith, he's gone. You're going to have an entirely new look offensive line again, which may or may not be a bad thing, but the guys behind them, they're not even allowing them to play this year. So I'm going to trend towards the bad direction. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough couple of years. Yeah. So take every game for what it is. Stop freaking out. Stop trying to blame the offensive coordinator or this or that, or, you know, this player or that player, like, do you really want Jason Brown to play right now? It's He's everything. a guy who is a few games away from never playing college football again. What is that going to get Virginia Tech? Nothing. Now, if you want to talk about Farrell, I'll listen to that all day. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, plop to Evan Farrell in there, but we're not going to yeah. see him this year. Not until, you know, there's his red shirt's not on the line, True. if we're being honest. So True. they're not going to burn his red shirt right now. There's no, no. reason. No. Before we move on into next week's game, um, I just want to say we should probably shout out Will Ross. Kicker is uh, a stud. 
doing kicker things. And for a guy that didn't play football, uh, pretty damn impressive what I've seen from him. So I just wanted to shout him out. I, I would I would just let him kick from 65 at this point. Like, why not? We've got no think, reason not to. I think the majority of his field goals have been over 40 yards, which in college is impressive. Yeah. I mean, he's he's 100%. He hasn't missed a field goal all year from any distance. So, sure. you know, he's, uh, he's playing well. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see. We, we, we need some other guys to start playing well. And I think, you know, as you look at UNC, the preview this <laughs> week, you look at it from a personnel standpoint, Dorian Strong hurt his hand in the game. Yep. Your secondary is not who you want out in this game. No. Yeah, that's, that's what North Carolina does right now is they throw the football and they throw it well. Sounds like Dorian's going to be a game-time decision. Jalen Stroman got ejected for targeting late in the second half against West Virginia, so he's out for the first half. Uh, so we'll probably see uh, a couple of guys back there filling in on that, you know, specifically the, the nickel uh, defensive play sets. Um, Malachi Thomas, he's practicing individual drills. Be nice to see him on the field. Don't know if it's going to happen, especially with uh, the weather that's that's being called for. And then, uh, again, just more personnel, mostly on the defensive side of the ball. Keely Lawson, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be starting at will. It sounds like uh, coaches really like how he's playing. Uh, Jaden Keller, I think the way uh, Brent Bry put it was he's feast or famine. He'll do some really nice things. And then at other times he looks lost and uh, just the lack of focus or understanding of, of what he's supposed to be doing at the time. So That sounds like uh, a young guy. Yeah, I mean, and both of them are true or uh, retro freshmen. So yeah, no, that um, they're look, we're going to run into a lot of that all over the field. But um, you know, hearing a guy like if, if Brent Pry is saying that, it's clear to me that he's quite a difference maker when he's locked in. So, as far as the mistakes go, you know, I yeah. think uh, Virginia Tech—they've been penalized forty times this season. If you're wondering if that's a lot or not, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's actually 129th in the country a lot. So um, worst. Mm. So the Hokies, uh, you know, they've decided to institute a penalty uh, for guys to where they have to sprint. I do a 40 yard sprint for every yard that they give up penalty wise. Um, So probably going to be a lot of vomiting going on in practice on Sunday. Mm. Um, If that continues. I think if you look at the West Virginia game, you know, they gave up 218 yards on the ground. Uh, a lot of that was just poor tackling, uh, poor technique. So Brent Price sounded frustrated with that. So I'd imagine, you know, we, we should expect the Hokies to be better in those two areas. Um, I think, you know, if you look at the uh, Old Dominion loss, which, again, like I told you last week, let's try and forget that as, as quickly as we can. <laughs> um, but it seemed like the team forgot it and moved on took care of business the next week. So that's what you're looking for in this team resiliency. Cause they're going to need it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a rough season. They seem like a tough team. They don't quit. Um, they play aggressive. And I think that's why we're seeing penalties kind of pile up here a little bit, but they got to reel that in. Um, and, you know, yeah. I talked about fourth quarter miscues against West Virginia or that West Virginia had coming into this game, specifically against Pitt and Kansas. But in Tech's two losses, it's been no different. I mean, yeah. they they blew the game against Old Dominion in the fourth quarter on the last drive, the only offensive scoring drive that Old Dominion had all season, and then or the entire game, and then West Virginia. You know, I think uh, 
you know, they put up the majority of their points in that fourth quarter. So um, they're going to have to figure it out. But the, the, you know, the term of the season has been like correctable mistakes, which, <laughs> you know, I, I don't really want to hear. But, no, I'm done with that. You know, you gotta, you just gotta play better. And forecast wise, you know, it's going to be tough. Uh, but lucky for them, it's going to be tough for both teams. It's going to be wet. You know, it's uh, the Hurricane Ian will be a tropical depression by then. Um, it sounds like they're expecting a half inch of rain during the game right now. 91% chance of rain. Um, but honestly, that's probably great news for Virginia Tech. I mean, yeah. I think uh, I think bad weather tends to favor the defense. Um, you know, anything to slow that offense down. I do think they'll be able to slow, uh, I want to call him Luke May. Uh, Drake may down a little bit, but um, yeah. Any any comments, Tim? Before we jump into some of the keys to the game here for North Carolina. No, I mean you hit the nail on the head. The tackling was terrible. It's great that we're doing sprints for penalties, no matter how middle schoolish that feels to me. Um, and and you're right about guys trying to do too. Feels much. very remember the Titans ish. It it does it does yeah. Well, how me. big was that playbook? Was it three three plays or something? Who do you think has a bigger playbook, the the Titans or the Hokies? The Titans, yeah. Oh. Um, those Titans, those Titans. Yeah, I was like, whoa, shots fired. Because um, it seems like our short yardage playbook is. I would say the Hokies, and maybe yeah. that's the problem. It, it hasn't been pretty, but the, the other takes. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Brent Price said he felt like part of the reason the penalties were being committed was because play, he felt like the players were pressing um, people trying to feel like they had to win the game single-handedly uh, to make up for some of the struggles. And I could see that. Um, but the good news is they're correctable mistakes. Yes, they are. So UNC, what to know? <clears throat> this might be like my them. favorite stat. I mean, who does? Um, I guess we'll find out if the SEC or the Big Ten likes them at some point. But, womp womp. You know, they've got 33 four and five stars on their yes. roster from the last three recruiting cycles. Um, and that has literally landed them one of the worst defenses in the country, which is wild. I don't, you know, <laughs> Gene Chizik. The new defensive coordinator. Remember, they fired Jay Bateman last year. Yeah. He hasn't been a coach in college football since 2016. And uh, it looks like it because his defense is one of the worst units in the country. Um, obviously, offensively, it's been a different story, and that's why they've won games. Drake May, freshman, brother of Luke, for you Tar Heel basketball fans. Hope there's none of you out there. Seems like he's pretty solid at the quarterback position. He's thrown for over 1,200 yards this year, 16 tuds and one pick. <laughs> Tar Heels are 11th in points per game, averaging 46.5. Uh, Hokies are only averaging 20. <laughs> uh, the Tar Heels uh, they give up 39 and a half points per game. Yikes. And the Hokies are only allowing 17 and a half. So that's a positive. Yes. 
Um, yards per game wise, UNC is averaging 512, 307 through the air. They also give up over 500 yards per game, 278 through the air and 216 on the ground. Offensively, they rank sixth in passing efficiency, eighth in scoring offense, eighth eighth in completion percentage, ninth in third down conversion percentage at 52.8%, and 16th in total offense. So they're three and one. Their wins are over Florida A&M, App State, which was a 63-61 win, a game in which they gave up 40 points in the fourth quarter. And uh, they beat Georgia State by 7, 35-28. So, you know, App State's a solid team, but they're a flawed team. Yeah. They allowed them to score 40 points in one quarter. Their first loss of the season was last week against Notre Dame. They lost 45-32. So what happened there? They struggled to move the ball on the ground. They only had 10 carries for their uh, for their lead back, um, um, Omaron Hampton, at 28 yards. Luke May ran the ball well. Um, you know, his rushing numbers don't look great because there were some sacks in there. So the way quarterbacks work, you know, you can take the rushing statistics with a grain of salt. May can run. Um, and he had five touchdowns through the air and 300 yards passing. So... Um, if you look at the running back comparison between the two, Hampton leads their team in rushing. He's had a couple of big games. They don't look to have a consistent rushing attack. So I think that will allow the Hokies to kind of like key in on on the passing uh, on the passing game, which unfortunately they have just a lot of playmakers. Yeah. Um, we talked about Keyshawn King, who again he's averaging six yards per carry. But he's got 10 carries in the last three games, nine of which went for three yards and one went for 65. So don't get like too caught up in the statistics there. He's only carried the ball 29 times this season through four games. Uh, Jalen Holston, again, 45 carries, leads the team in carries, but only 3.2 yards per carry. And if you look at the Tar Heels um, receiving core, they have four players who have 10 catchers or more this season, two with nine. They spread the ball around. It seems like almost all of their guys can take the take the rock to the house uh, at any moment. Um, and one other thing for North Carolina that you should know about, the defense um, – actually, I've got a lot of things you should know about them, but we're going to focus on <laughs> them. Uh, the defense had a players-only meeting. Those are always good. Um, and apparently, according to one of their defensive ends who spoke to the media about this, there was concerns within the team that, you know, they're playing as individuals. They're not playing as a team. There were some attitude control issues, you know, mood on the sideline. Um, so something to keep an eye on, something to keep an eye on. And it's again, it's kind of like what what you think about with this new look college football and these NIL deals and all these blue chips who now have all this money. They're not necessarily going to these schools because they want to play for the school. They're going to the school for money because they they think it's going to give them the most branding opportunities. Whatever it may be, they're not going because they they fit the system and fit the mold of what the, the coaches are looking for. Not saying that's happening here. I'm just implying it. Right. 
Yeah, I mean that's um, that that's a pretty good overview. So we've got a situation where we have the weather coming in. The weather looks like it's going to be another hurricane game, so to speak. We've got a scenario in which we could neutralize an extremely potent passing game, um, depending on how how much rain we see. I know this is skipping ahead a little bit here, Justin, but are you willing to take the Hokies if the hurricane ends up dumping gallons of rain on Chapel Hill? Uh, take them from a point spread standpoint or to win? Money line. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm very tempted. Uh, given yeah, I mean, the forecast, hey, I actually like on, the Hokies. It's probably like plus 750 payouts. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I mean, keys to the game, Tim, you know, I'm nervous. And I'm not nervous because I think North Carolina can beat us. They definitely can. Oh, yeah. I'm nervous because their defense – is so freaking bad. Yep, yep. Here, I, I know where you're going. They're 123rd in the country. Mm-hmm. So if the Hokies can't figure it out here in this game, <laughs> and I understand the weather situation, so we'll wait to see what the weather does. You never know with these things. The thing could turn into no. the Atlantic Ocean. It, it could just be rain. Look, okay? I grew up in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. I yeah, you're right. It is unpredictable as can be. But if they can't move the ball against North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Uh, that's just it's going to it's just going to leave a bad taste in your mouth for what to expect for the rest of the year. This North Carolina defense is literally, I mean, just imagine watching the Virginia Tech offense, which I'm sure you all have this year. <laughs> Their defense may be worse than that. Right. I mean, that's, that's a great way to put it. That's how bad it is. Their so, defense needs our offense, and our offense needs this defense. Yes. And un- unfortunately, like, listen, they haven't they haven't played a top defense yet. And I'm not saying Virginia Tech's defense is a top 10 defense. Right. It is. Te- technically right now the number 10 defense overall um i don't think it will be after a few more weeks um i do think it'll be solid but i just think top 10 is a little uh of a statistical early season statistical glamour stat um and i mean partly of that is is nor- nor- or, uh, north carolina's offense as well i mean they they haven't played like top tier defenses yet I still think they're going to be able to move the football. They went against the better defense last week against Notre Dame. Not as good as Virginia Tech's on paper. Um, and they they did struggle at times. They got some points later in the game. But if you look at Notre Dame's offense, Notre Dame's offense has been bad. Not good. And Not good. They kind of dominated that game. So yeah. they put up 42 points. Um but as far as like first key to the game here, it's I mean it, these are just embarrassingly like obvious. Find like run the ball, find yeah. the run game. If yeah. the Hokies can figure that out, I think this offense has a chance to look wildly different. Do I think it'll look great? No. But do I think it'll look better? Yes. Um, they've had zero success out of the home run on the on the ground this year, and uh, they need to give the ball to King more. Right. You know? 
I don't care how bad it is. Six carries is not enough. 18 carries overall for your team when the score was 16 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. That's not going to get it done. Like that's just, you're not even giving yourself a chance here. Okay. So you have to, you have to try and run the game, run the ball. And I want you to take as many shots downfield as humanly possible. I would rather this <laughs> offense just go out swinging. I'd rather yep. see Grant Wells throw five to six picks a game, just chucking the ball downfield, trying to make a play. Cause literally that is what he does best. That's what he did best at Marshall. He's got a big arm. He can get the ball downfield and I don't care if his completion percentage is 35%. It's better than what we're watching right now. Take a few shots. We need to see more shots down the field. Figure out how to get it done. Figure out how to work it into the offense. Mix in the run where possible. Hopefully you can establish that and, and just have it be better. I'm not even saying it's got to be dominant. Just have it be better and then try and throw that ball downfield. And I know, again, we're talking about this tropical depression situation. So the weather is to be determined and the weather's obviously going to affect it. And if the weather is just a complete disaster, then you're definitely going to have to run the ball. Right. Um, so the other, my next key, Tim, is slow down May. I mean, again, very, very obvious. But the 12th man in this game is the weather. Um, the defense has to figure out how to keep UNC to under 30 points for any chance to win. I mean, Virginia <laughs> averages 20 points a game. Even, even hearing 30 points, it's like, yeah, fat chance. Um if that's as sad as it gets but i mean you're right it sounds obvious it they is. helped west virginia to under 30 points true. i mean the interception return for a touchdown put them over 30 i would not have expected you know going into that um for us to keep them that low because west virginia's offense is great but uh yeah you're right you got to slow down drake may the weather's going to help a lot the way you do that you got to get pressure home um, he gets rid of the ball fairly quickly, so it's going to be stressing on the defensive line. Um, obviously, we're going to be down Strowman, I think, for is it a half? I will miss him for is he out a, half. a half. A half. Um, yeah. First half. So yeah, easy, easy to say. Obviously, and Strowman's a dude. You take away. I, I really like how Strowman's been playing. Strowman is a dude. He's been balling wow. out. So yeah. it's, a, it's a big loss not to have him for that first half. Agreed, especially on a, a team that man, runs a quasi-air raid system um, out in Chapel Hill. Uh, then my third key to the game, Tim, and again, very elementary with my keys to the game here, but it's score more than one touchdown. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, in order to win, you got to score more points than the <laughs> team. So the Hokies haven't been uh, – doing that this year or they haven't been doing a good job of it at least and we've highlighted how bad this defense is they're going up against we know weather's going to play a factor we're not sure how wet it's going to be or, or you know what's going to really happen but if the Hokies just continue to stall offensively I just hope they're close enough to where they can at least kick as many field goals as possible with Will Ross but <laughs> they've got to They've got to put some points on the board. And I Agreed. mean, I, it just doesn't matter how it happens. I don't care if it's a punt return for a touchdown, a block field goal. I don't care if a fan runs onto the field and steals the ball and they somehow count it as a touchdown. I don't care if Grant Wells, you know, 
throws it straight into the North Carolina defender's hands. It bounces off the ref's face, and then Kayla Smith plucks it out of the air and runs it in for 95 yards. I will take whatever touchdown we can get right now, and I will take it to the bank. Yeah. But they got to get in the end zone. They do. Frequently. So prediction, Tim. I want to hear it. What's your prediction? So... I thought going in, the weather was going to change my mind here, and I I think it will. We are going to need a tropical depression level rain event here for me to feel comfortable picking the Hokies. That does seem like the most likely scenario to me based on forecasts I'm seeing. If that's true, I like the Hokies 24-28. So just so we're clear. Yeah. Tropical depression. This offense. How many of those are defensive touchdowns? Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I cannot believe you're picking Virginia Tech after picking West Virginia last week. Let's uh, go. Hey, I got it right, though, didn't I? I'm trying to look up... Uh, I'm trying to look up the weather situation right here. So Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And look, this could be like a a wish pick here because I just want to see it happen so bad that I'm trying to talk myself into it logically. But I know our record when it comes to hurricane games and UNC, and I know how bad the last one hurt and how frustrated they got after. And I just – the social media after the game is going to be so good if this happens again that I am almost trying to will it to be so. Listen, I mean, Virginia Tech's got their number, and they, they've had it since they've joined the ACC. Here's here's the forecast. Again, okay. first day of October, which I love. First off, October, favorite month of the oh, year. Oh, my God, yes. Um, every woman in my house, and there's three of them, is born in the month of October. I actually have a two-year-old's birthday party on Saturday, Tim. There's going to be 41 people at my house. Uh, <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> luckily, it's before kickoff. Perfect. Um. The forecast is saying a little rain from Tropical Rainstorm Ian. Watch for flooding. That seems more than a lot. I mean, maximum wind gust, 28 miles per hour. Rain probability, 89%. Rain amount, half an inch. 97% cloud cover. We're going to get half half an inch of rain, but we're going to need to look out for flooding. Half an inch of rain, but a little rain. Is what it says from Tropical Rainstorm Ian. Um, okay. And it None looks like this it's going to continue into the night. Or... So it's going to continue into the night. So the kickoff's at 3.30, and they're calling okay. for an additional two-tenths of an inch. What I'm concerned about here is Virginia Tech scores no points because Will Ross kicking conditions aren't going to be <laughs> primed and ready to go. That's my – if I'm really telling you my biggest concern, that's what it is. But – like I alluded to earlier, my one ray of hope for the Hokies here is Notre Dame isn't an offensive stalwart, stalwart and came into this game and just lit up North Carolina. Okay, put up 42 on them. You know, the quarterback had like 289 for three scores. Schedule-wise, UNC hasn't played a top-notch D. And although I think after a few more weeks, we won't necessarily see our defense as good as it is right now, which is sitting 10th, I still think... 
Uh, they're a very solid unit, and they should be able to slow North Carolina down. Dorian Strong injury has me concerned. Jalen Stroman out for the first half has me concerned. It's just going to have to be next man up mentality. They're going to have to figure it out. Okay, I'm not picking Virginia Tech to win. Just can't, just can't do it. I mean, this is literally on paper the worst matchup of the season for Virginia Tech because of how many points North Carolina's offense scores and how many points Virginia Tech's offense scores. It's very different, okay? So, yes, they've had UNC's numbers since joining the conference, but there's just way too many question marks offensively for the Hokies for me to feel good about it. Hopefully the weather can uh, can keep them in the game. Um, I'm going to go for an ugly score. I, I just feel like a 19 to 11. Don't ask me how that works itself <laughs> out. But I'm going to go 19 to 11. North Carolina wins. Uh, the Hokies get over 10 <laughs> points. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. I hope I'm wrong. Sure. Um, but, uh yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to believe it, like I until I see it, just like I was going into the Boston College game. Yeah, fair. So I picked him to beat Boston College after that ODU performance, and um, you know I don't want to uh, pick them again until I see them figure out something offensively. But sure, we'll see how it plays out. Just everybody, you know, chill out, enjoy the game. You know, realize there's bigger things going on in the world. You know, if uh, anybody in Florida is listening. You know, stay safe out there. Hopefully all your, um, you know, everything is, is good for you and you're, you know, out of the out of the woods here. And then, you know, as far as the rest of the East Coast goes, there's still very high chance of flooding. So, yeah, again, we're just talking about football here. So uh, chill out. Try to enjoy it. I hope we can enjoy it. I hope it's a good performance for the Hokies and uh, we'll see where it goes. But let's jump into the ACC picks then. Sure. A lot of good ACC games this week, actually. Um, big ones. So we'll start with the less big one. Louisville at Boston College. The Cardinals are a 15-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Chestnut mm-hmm. Hill. Should be safe from the rain. Who you got? See, this is this is the hardest team to pick against Boston College you could have asked at that point spread. Because there's only hot or cold with Louisville. You yeah. don't get average Louisville. If you get cold Louisville in this game, they're not beating them by more than 10. If you get what I think you can give them, you're going to win by 28 to 35. I'm going to take the Eagles 15 and a half. Definitely taking Louisville there. Boston College has been really bad. and Malik Cunningham is like, uh, I don't want to compare him to Lamar Jackson. But he reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson. When oh, he, he does. And, and look, Chestnut Hill is a weird place, man. It's a weird place. It's where football teams go to play wacky, basically. Yeah. So it's going to be happen. nobody there. No. It's going to be a lot of chowder going around. Right. It's like playing um, in the COVID season again. God, I love yeah. their chowder. Oh, my goodness. Little New England clam chowder up there. Mm-hmm. Wake State. Seminoles are a seven-point favorite. Florida State snuck into the top 25, Tim. They're number 22 in the country. Wake's 23 after a very close loss to Clemson. An overtime loss. Correct. Who you got here? Um, you said Florida State's favored? 
by seven. Oh, give me Wade plus seven all day. That that yeah. might be the lock of the century right there. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That, I see that being a, a very easy one there. I mean, I get it. Like, I, I'm interested to see this game. Neither defense is very good. So whatever the over is, I definitely want to take it. Jordan Travis has been really good this year. Much better. I think uh, Norvell's got these guys headed in the right direction. Um, that Mike Norvell guy likes a snug hoodie. None of you notice that? Does. Yeah, I bet, I bet he's a big robot guy. What yeah. size is that? Like, Do you get the sleeves size smaller than the torso, or how does that work? I don't I mean, know. Because he's got the body's sleeves. a little loose, and the arms are like saran wrap. Yeah. Know. So when you when you have tanks for arms like myself, so I've got like tanks for arms and thighs, just like massive thighs, right? So like I can wear like a size 38 pant. Right. I've got all that waist space. <laughs> they ain't getting over the thighs, baby. Thunder thighs. <laughs> That's who I am. Okay. This Mike Norvell's great. the opposite. He's, yeah, he's, he's got the opposite. He's like one of those dudes. He just kind of freaks you out. He's got those like uber skinny arms. It's like yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's just weird. His, his sizing choices are strange. That's all. Mm. I'm sure he's a great fellow. Hey, I I can't remember if I said, but I'm picking way for it. Um, Sam Howell or Sam Howell, Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman <laughs> been phenomenal this year. He has six touchdowns last week in the loss. I'm going Wake Forest plus seven on the road at. Florida State. Same time as our game, unfortunately. I would like to watch that one. Uh, NC State at Clemson. Big game. Big Top game. Ten. Top 10 ACC matchup. Actually, somebody showed a blind resume of North Carolina State and Texas Tech this weekend. It might have been Reddit College Football, which is a great mm-hmm. college football Twitter account. Oh, yeah. And uh, their records were the same or almost the same. Maybe it wasn't Texas Tech because NC State beat Texas Tech. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. But it was the blind resume test. Mm-hmm. It looked very similar, and NC State's in the top 10 and the other team's unranked, so I just thought I'd throw that in there. But Yeah, NC that State, checks out. Six-and-a-half-point dog at Clemson. DJU has been better of late. In my opinion, still not great, though. Uh, Wake's defense isn't very good. He padded the stats against Wake. Not say they threw it on wake but he had good numbers against wake nc state's defense is much better i want to see dju do it against a good defense and until i see that i'm not picking clemson to win when they go against a team that i think is very talented top to bottom so i'm gonna go wolfpack here minus or plus six and a half yeah the old textile ball is gonna be a big one this year um this is a tough one for me to pick because we are seeing improvements from Clemson's offense. On the other hand, Clemson's defense is not great right now. You've got an NC State offense that is stumbling out of the blocks early but had a good game against UConn, uh, showed a little bit more of the playbook. It's tough. You know, you, I want to take a team like NC State's defense because I do believe defense will prevail here. I just feel like at Clemson, NC State hasn't won there in a while. There's been a lot of pressure to do so. Um, yeah. Give me uh, Clemson. I can't help it, man. I'm disappointed to hear you say that. I know. I, I know. What, would, what would Papa Hurst say? 
He'd be ashamed. <laughs> he'd be ashamed. He's I, he's going NC State in this game, right? I mean, we know oh, who he's yeah. rooting for. Oh, yeah. Well, so but that I was mean, actually strange. Hey. My dad, um, having been an NC State fan uh, his entire life, so for 60 years on this earth being an NC State fan, has become somewhat jaded. This may surprise you. He's the ultimate Wolfpack pessimist at all times. Um, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I yeah. Get it. Yeah, no, you get it. You get it. <laughs> well, I think we can all relate a little bit on that one. But uh, he texted us shortly after the game last week and said, boys, NC State's going to win. So, Love it. Love yeah. it. Papa Hearth is on board. <clears throat> um, maybe the game of the week, Tim. Virginia Duke. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> That's a joke. You know yes. what I love about this game? Duke is a three-point favorite. Now, if I had said that to you preseason – Duke is going to be a three-point favorite <laughs> Virginia on October 1st. You would have said, you're nuts. Yes. I wouldn't have called to start the year. UVA's offense has been flat out miserable this season. Yeah. I mean, Brendan Armstrong, he's got under 1,000 yards, three touchdowns, and four picks through four games. Like, this dude had almost 3,000 yards passing at this point last season. They can't run the football. Their defense is is finally kind of turned a corner a little bit. They're playing better. They're not mm-hmm. playing great. And then you got Duke, who they lost a close game to Kansas, who Kansas just has a high-powered offense. They look like a pretty solid football team. Yeah. Lance Leipold's a good Leonard coach. Quarterback. Riley Leonard's played really well this year. He's got six yep. touchdowns, two picks. I mean, Duke's had some nice wins. I'm still going to pick UVA here. What? I mean, I I just cannot. Mike Elko's doing a great job. Yeah, he's a good coach. Okay. I'm just not ready to pick Duke in a game like this. Just because, like, a month ago, I never would have picked Duke to beat Virginia as a three-point favorite. Right. And I mean, it's a Duke. Who cares? Like, there's going to be nobody at this game. But... You know, I feel like there's a bit of a slide coming for the Blue Devils. They're coming off their first loss of the season against Kansas. Let's see how they react to that. Um, but it's not because I think UVA is good. You know, I think if we start to see DJU take steps in the right direction and we continue to see horrific play by Brennan Armstrong in this UVA offense – there seems to be a common denominator there, and that guy's name is Tony Elliott. So I'm surprised at how bad this offense has been with an offensive guy like Tony Elliott calling the shots. Yeah. I mean, imagine if the roles were reversed and we had Brent Pry come in and saw no improvement on the defense year over year. I mean, we would have been <laughs> a little concerned. And the, the cupboard is not bare. No, no, no. The cupboard it's is not. not bare. They've got I'll, good playmakers. Outside there. of that offensive line, which is so you're going, you're going Duke minus three. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Give me Duke in that one. I think Duke will win by a touchdown. Riley Leonard too. Shout out to him. Um, he's really impressed me when I've seen him play this year. Really, really impressed me. Georgia Tech at Pitt. Pitt number twenty four in the country. They are a twenty two point favorite. Let's take a moment of silence for Swaggy Jeff, Swaggy G. What's the uh, Atlanta area code? 304. 
No, that's somewhere right. Island. 404. Is it 412? 404. 404. Let's take a moment of silence. It didn't work. It didn't work for Swaggy. Um, no. You know, honestly, I don't, I personally don't understand why you fire him after the month of September, in the month of September. They had a difficult schedule. They had a difficult schedule last season. Yeah. You're coming out of a triple option based offense. It's going to take time. You got a quarterback who's talented, but he can't throw the ball consistently. I mean, it was just kind of a recipe for disaster this year. Like the the Georgia Tech start is not a surprise. Like nobody was expecting them to go four and zero. So I don't understand why you fire them if they've they're off to a bad start. That's kind of what was expected. Why not just fire them at the end of last season? That's my point. You know, so you've wasted an entire season if you're Georgia yes. Tech. You've wasted yeah. an entire season, and essentially most of next because now you have to like have a new guy come in. Try to get some kind of recruiting class in there. New system, whatever. Maybe it's Deion Sanders and he can pluck these five-star guys. I think, I mean, I'm half joking, but I'm half not. I think that's a realistic possibility. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. But Pitt, Pitt's my pick. Minus 22. Yeah, so uh, interim head coach bounce gets Tech uh, to at least, you know, beat the spread here. Um I, I, they're probably going to lose by 17 points, but, you know, I think there is that, that interim head coach, you know, bounce is a real thing. And I expect we're, we'll see some of that with Georgia Tech. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if the bounce is a thing, Tim. But that's our show for tonight. Thanks for listening to Chowder and Grits. Uh, forgot to mention in the front end. Uh, go check us out on YouTube, YouTube, Chowder and Grits. Uh, we've got all of our shows on there if that's your preferred method of listening. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can find us, ChowderandGrits.com, Twitter, at Chowder and Grits, Facebook, Instagram, Chowder and Grits, you get the point. We appreciate you being here. Uh, be sure to click that subscribe button on YouTube or uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We haven't gotten a review since November, guys. Come on. We've been stuck at 76. Preferably five stars, if you would. Yeah, it would um, feel nice to break that uh, triple digits on reviews. I'd like that. I just turned around to him, and Aaron Judge just hit his 61st. Oh, no way. So he uh, he was obviously waiting for the chowder and grits. Um, yeah, the watch party. To, to end so he could miss it. So I just wasted days watching Yankees baseball to watch him run around third base. I mean, he's literally a Sasquatch. He's massive human being. I mean, not no kidding. If he ran into Sasquatch, that would be a conversation that would be had eye to eye. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, and you would not be looking into his eyes. But that's no. our show for today. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And uh, go Hokies. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys.